What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Picture at Los Angeles 2023. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am Sadie Pine slash H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And we are your go-to for everything Golden Girls. We've been doing this for 10 years. That ages me, Carrie. I don't know if I like that. And people, we do it all. We do everything. We watch episodes of the Golden Girls and talk about it. We watch the Golden Palace and we talked about that. We've interviewed writers and cast members. I will rewrite this so it's shorter. I wanted to give any new listeners. Well, no, I don't care about it being long or short. I don't care about any of the new listeners. I just don't want to be aged. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I'll rewrite it. That's right, everyone. We also cover Golden Girls news, and we're even breaking down the lives and careers of B. Arthur, Betty White, Estelle Getty, and Rue McClanahan. But today, we're doing another Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that the women did outside of the Golden Girls during the course of their careers. I've developed your cadence. Yes. <laughs> and keeping up with the golden spooky month of October, this week we're watching a 1989 TV movie called The Wickedest Witch starring Rue McClanahan. Now, you can find this on YouTube. We will link to it in the show notes. Now, okay, we are getting spooky this episode. Like, we, ha- there is such a shortage of Halloween Golden Girls-related content. There's very little out there. And, of course, they wore costumes over the years and stuff, but never really, like, we can't find many Halloween-related things that the girls did. And so this is perhaps, like, the most Halloween-y thing any of the girls ever did. I mean, right? Am I wrong, you think? I mean, unless we're missing something, please let us listeners, know. Yes. please, because next Halloween, we will surely cover anything that we missed. Um, yeah, it I doesn't bet there's, seem like I they... Bet, yeah, I bet there's an episode of Hot in Cleveland. There has to be, right? Like, Hot in Cleveland had to have done a Halloween episode. I'm sure they did. Maybe we'll do that. We'll do that next year. Yeah, um, yeah they really didn't do a lot of stuff. Now... I had never heard of The Wickedest Witch. I'm very excited to talk about it. This now, was wild. This was like a, a mushroom trip for me. I mean, this was like a wild 23 minutes or however long it was uh, YouTube experience. Yes. Now, I also, I don't want people to be confused with um, another TV movie with a similar name, which was called The Worst Witch, oh. which was actually a fantastic 1986 TV movie starring Feruza Balk, Tim Curry, and Dame Diana Rigg. Have you never seen The Worst Witch? No, I haven't, but I love Tim Curry. You know, I once saw oh, him in a parking God. lot here in Los Angeles, and I felt very weird about talking to him, but I wanted to, but I didn't. I regret that now. That was a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> that we just went through. Yeah. So you have to watch it. It's so good. There's yeah. great music. I have definitely sang the music from the worst switch on I'll this podcast. I know I have. I'll check it um, out. 
But The Wickedest Witch, starring Rue McClanahan. Now, this was an NBC special um, that played on October 30th, 1989. As far as I know, it only aired that one time. It's never been released anywhere on VHS or DVD. But somebody had it taped off of the TV because there were old 80s commercials. And they uploaded it to YouTube. McDonald's Halloween commercials, I think, if I remember correctly. Right? Like, and wild. Yes. What? You only get a little a snippet. snippet of the commercial because the person was like, I don't want to upload these with commercials or they just press yeah. stop on the, you know, yeah. when they were recording it off the TV. Um, so we're going to tell you a little bit about this. Um, this is something that Rue, I'm assuming, shot between seasons four and five of The Golden Girls based on this release date. Um, this is a tv movie that's narrated by burgess meredith can i talk about burgess meredith for a second yes okay burgess meredith for anyone who doesn't know he's an iconic hollywood actor he's probably most famous for playing the coach or whatever in rocky he was nominated for an oscar for that what i love that you just say the coach or whatever i mean rocky was always kind of like blah because that year was all about network if you haven't seen it go watch it it's amazing faye dunaway but he was the he was the coach in rocky and he was like a big deal and he was also in an iconic episode of the Twilight Zone, and it's a terrifying one, where all he wants, I, re- I related to it very much, all he wants to do, the character, is read. That's all he wants to do. And he works at this bank, and they always bother him because with work and shit. And so he finally, he figures out that he can go down to the vault and just read whenever he wants. Well, there's like an apocalyptic thing, and the world's blown up, and he's the only one that's left around. And so he gets, he goes up, and he's so happy because now he can spend all of his time reading. It's just like he's so, so happy. So he's sitting on the steps outside. He's loving that the world's over because he could just read and read and read. And then he like trips and he breaks his glasses because he has really thick glasses. He breaks his glasses and he can't read anymore. And it's it becomes a scary one. It's good. But my favorite Burgess Meredith, though, how I learned of Burgess Meredith. And it I think is, I, I bet it was the same. Can I'm we say sure it at it the is. same time? Okay, ready? One. Two, three. Grumpy, Grumpy old, old men. men. Yes, there is a line from Grumpy Old Men. I believe it's Grumpy Old Men too, which I think was his last film. The credit. bloopers. The bloopers, where yes. he's in the he's in the grocery store. Grocery and he, store. And he's just saying lines to the woman. Would Sophia, you like to try my man-sized man size manicotti? <laughs> My that, beefy baloney. That has stayed with me ever since I was a kid. Ever since me I was too. a kid. Me that too. Burgess Meredith in Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men or Grumpy Old Men too. I forget what they called it. But Grumpy Grumpier Old Grumpy Men. Grumpy Old Men. Yeah. So, so, so good. Such a wonderful performance. That's so funny that not only was it that particular movie, it was Grumpier Old Men, but that it was the it was the bloopers at the yes, end. Yes, the of bloopers the at the end. Yes. <laughs> my sister and I used to go around reciting those. My oh, men size manicotti. manicotti. I, to this oh. to this day, when I hear manicotti, I say that line, mm-hmm. which is yep. inappropriate in some settings because I've been at some fancy Italian dinners. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I want to go back. I want to Google that blooper reel when we get. Uh, yes. I love that. See you and I same same page when it same comes page. to a lot of stuff. Same page. Um. Okay. Let's. I'm going to read the synopsis Please. for the Wickedest Witch. Um, Avarissa, played by Rue McClanahan. I think Avarissa is a beautiful name. It is. I really yeah. like it. We're just going to call her Rue because that's what we do. <laughs> Avarissa is a witch so evil she has been banished to the underground kingdom of the Grievals. She discovers in order to be freed, she must convince a human pure of heart to commit one despicable deed. That is the description. Now, can we talk about 
her fabulous wig in this oh, movie. Yeah, her wardrobe in general in this film was pretty great. It so okay to to this this movie feels like so there are a lot of puppets in it. This movie was produced and I think co-written um by the guy who puppeteered and did the voice of Alf. Oh yeah. That one like her yeah. her kind of like sidekick. Yeah. Uh you Gleevel hear it too. Is, you hear it. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, you can definitely hear Alf. Um, so tonally this movie, it kind of feels like the labyrinth meets mm-hmm. a Disney kid show. Meets because, like a like, weird half hour. It's like a precursor to dinosaur or something. If it's, it's a, it, it felt very yeah. strange. Yeah. It, so mm-hmm. there are, um, so there are like witches and lairs and spells and it's yeah. very dark, but then there are also like fart jokes and pranks. Yeah. So yeah. like, that's why it feels like a little bit labyrinth, a little bit kind of Disney kid movie. Uh-huh. Um, there are two whoopee cushion jokes. It's the same gag Sophia pulled on Dorothy that one time where Rue sits on her throne, big fart, everybody laughs. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. Um, also, it was so interesting to see Rue. She was a human amongst a bunch of creatures that looked like, you know, Jim Henson creations. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of watching um, B in the Star Wars Christmas special oh, when yeah. she was like surrounded by the intergalactic creatures. Yeah. Um, oh, but we were talking about her hair, her yes. fabulous wig. So good. Rue has a wig with like long brown hair. It was like seeing Dorothy with the long share yeah. hair. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's you what also, you look like with long hair. You also see just outside of her hair in her acting, you see her theater training here. She's so camp. She's so over the top. She's so theater. It's wild. But she's also really funny. She's great. Oh, my God. She was so captivating yeah. to watch. You're right. She brings her theater background. That's a very accurate way of describing it. I feel like there were a lot of moments where performance-wise, we get that, like, borderline smoldering rue like when she says like you know i can't allow that to happen it would be unsouthern like that kind of blanche and some of the performance um she's also i have to say her outfit is very like princess buttercup like this long flowy cranberry velvet dress Uh with like long sleeves and like a jeweled crown she looks stunning Mm mm-hmm now, I have to ask you, because this yes. came out October 30th, 1989, you said. Now, I, if I, I could be, it's, it was either 1988 or 1989, but that was a pivotal Halloween for me. That was a very pivotal Halloween for me. And I remember it distinctly because I, my parents had divorced and my father had married this crazy woman, Linda. I've talked about her before on the podcast. She's like crimped hair. She had a mullet situation, long nail. She was insane. And... She, I hated her, like hated her with a passion to this day. I still do. And she's dead though. And so she would, she was so eager to like please us, you know, as kids, but she was also just kind of mean to us too, that she insisted that I have this like big Halloween moment. And even then as a little, little, little kid, I was like, I don't care about Halloween. I'm not spending it with my mom. So I don't give up about Halloween. I didn't say that then, but you know what I'm saying? I had that vibe. And I was also feeling pretty sick, but I didn't, like, I wasn't sick, you know? And so she put on this fur coat. She made me put on this, like, costume, and we were going to go trick-or-treating, and it was going to be a big deal. And she wanted me to sit in the front seat. It was the 80s, so we did that in the with the kids. You know what I mean? She wanted, like, I had to sit on her lap in the front seat. So, like, safety was outside the window in the 1980s. Anyway, and I had to sit on her lap, and I was feeling so sick. And I, in the car, I don't even think we made it out of the driveway 
I was like looking towards her. She had her fur coat wrapped around her because it was a cold Missouri night. And I barfed all over that fur coat, chunks of things that I don't know what I ate. I was a fat kid, so you know a lot came out. And I was so happy. It was one of my best Halloweens because I ruined her fur coat and I ruined her night. And I threw up all over her. And it made me so happy. So it was like one of my favorite Halloweens because I ruined her Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for you because you threw up and yeah. didn't feel well and yeah. weren't having a great Halloween. But yeah. also, like, I'm kind of glad you did throw up on yeah. her. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's, it's I, I mean, I when I heard, when I saw the date on IMDb, I had this full flashback to that Halloween and that moment and how happy I was to throw up on this horrible woman that, like, literally for years later made my life hell. So it was, and I, and I knew so she was evil. I knew she funny. was evil from the beginning and no one believed me. My pa- my dad, who was also an asshole, they went on their honeymoon to Disney World without kids and came back with all this Disney World shit. And it's like, who does that? That An evil person. An evil person yeah. does that. She was evil. An evil grievel. She, she was she an was evil, evil grievel. But do you remember where you were um, at this time? Like, do you remember what, like in that year, what Ooh. you were doing? I bet if I were to pull my childhood diaries, I bet I could figure it out. But let's see, 89. Uh, Would you have had I a diary probably, in 89? You were so young. I did, yeah. I got my first one. I think it was like, I was like five. Oh, wow. There, I mean, my entries are wild. It's yeah. like, I went to Nanny's house today. Like, it's like, there's. So I have a feeling every listener is thinking that at the age of six, your diary is just you sort of like nitpicking the plot lines on the Golden Girls. Or like nitpicking plot lines on like My Little Pony yeah. or Punky Brewster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was probably, I think this was the Halloween where um, I wanted to be an angel. Oh. And I had this vision of myself dressed in this angelic, white, you know, flowy, beautiful, you know, dress thing with my little halo and when I was a kid, my mom would hand make our Halloween costumes because mm. our family didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. She would like she would find her old like prom dresses. I remember oh. she like repurposed one of her old prom dresses because so, my sister wanted to play like a, like a homecoming queen or something That's like cute. zombie or whatever. And I remember my mom went out of her way. She took a uh, like a sheet and some gold garland and uh, pipe cleaners. And she made me this angel costume and I tried it on. It fit perfectly. I looked so great. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. I love my mom so much. Yeah. And then on the night of Halloween, it happened to be a particularly cold evening. Mm. And my mom was like, you have to wear a coat if you're going to go trick-or-treating. Massachusetts, we would, right? like, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts. Very cold. Yeah. Probably like in the 40s, I'm guessing. Ooh. We, I, I was like, I'm not putting a coat over this beautiful angelic outfit. Like I, a good I, old this, queen. <laughs> this is what I'm wearing. And I said, I refuse to cover this beautiful costume that you made with a coat. And so my mother's compromise <gasps> was that I had to wear the coat under the <gasps> costume. Oh, my God. Couldn't you wear long johns or something? No, I don't oh. know that we had long johns. Oh. I don't know. I mean, maybe I could have worn like footy pajamas i don't know it didn't matter i i just have this and i know it's in photos but i have this image of me oh my god with the biggest pout on my face 
because I look like um what was the the girl who turned blue in oh, um, Willy Wonka? No, or not Veruca Salt, but the Violet. Violet. You're yeah. Violet. Violet. Yeah. I, because I was this angel, but the sheet was so sheer, <laughs> and and I was puffy, and you could see I had this purple coat, <laughs> and it was purple through it, and I was so pissed because it was just not what I wanted for my Halloween experience. Wow. But you know what? Looking back now, like. If that were little Oreo and I knew that she was going to be going out and trick-or-treating for like an hour, two hours, because we would like fucking go far when we would go trick-or-treating with adults, but we'd go far. So I'm like, you know what? It just, it was what it was. It sucked, but like. Yeah. You wouldn't, you know, you would do the same thing today. I would do the same thing to little Oreo today. That's how that works. Well, both of us were like the little kid in this show. Um, We both were, you know. Very. Oh very my God! Forward. I have so much to say about. Let's the get kids. into it. Let's get into it. All right, we are back talking about the wickedest witch. Now, I want to set the stage so that you all know what you're getting into if you do decide to click the YouTube link and watch this movie. Um, the opening narration of this movie—it starts. You're sort of like like zooming in on like this like creepy lair whatever and it the vo burgess meredith explains that avarissa was an evil witch who was condemned to rule a species that's half reptile half game show contestant deep underground somewhere near ohio <laughs> so like that's the tone there's I have this to tell like you, I, I have to say up top just because I watched this twice and I still don't know what happened. I Really? Yeah. I, I I mean I was so I think confused. I don't know. It really felt like I was high. I mean and maybe it's just because I've been so busy with stuff, but I really felt that I was high watching this cuz I don't really know why any of it happened. Oh, I totally got it. Yeah. I was actually like I was impressed at yeah. I was still impressed. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it and I was impressed. I just don't know what the hell happened. I was impressed. I I can tell you exactly what happened. I was very impressed that they were able to fit what is essentially like a feature length movie plot. They really condensed a lot of stuff, but they basically took a feature length movie plot and they put it into a 22 minute movie, essentially. Um, I thought I, I actually really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, this is kind of a fun story. It has some twists and turns. I will walk you through it. Please. I knew you would. I knew you would. That's why I I, I had to put that out there. So in, in short, I'll just say, um, well, I don't know if I want to, oh, I don't want to. What? No. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get into it after we play our first clip. Okay. So, um, so Avarissa Rue, um, the the movie opens with the Grievals playing bingo, and this is how the filmmakers tell the audience that Rue truly is evil because this sweet little Grievel, which they kind of look like I don't know, they pterodactyls, like, sort dinosaurs. Of, they kind of yeah. reminded me of like the sea creatures lost in Ursula's like little lair that come up. You know what I mean? Like they kind of looked like that to me. I was getting that vibe. They weren't like ghoulish. No, they, they were like ghoulish. kind of cute, but then they had like but they different, also weren't not different ghoulish. personalities. Different, yeah, yeah. Just just watch it. You guys will see. They're they're like reptiles. They're I know kind some of like, people uh, watching are going to be as lost as I was. I know it. Oh wait, um, what was the pink? You know, what was the the pink and purple dragon from Disney? Um, oh, not Pete. No, um, no, pink and purple dragon. 
Yeah, it was um, oh, from uh, the, uh, Figment. Figment. Oh, Figment. Oh, it you looked, know. They look like they look a little bit like Figment. That's also a full circle moment because my stepmom loved Figment. She insisted that everything had to be Figment. Oh, my God, Carrie. Real trigger. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Um, okay, so that's what they look like. Um, so the Grievals are playing bingo, again, because they're described as um, yeah. like game show contestants. So they're they always need to be playing games. And one of the Grievals, like, wins bingo and goes up to Rue. And in a very sort of sweet Oliver, like, please, sir, can I have some more? Yeah. Very innocently is like, I won bingo. And then Rue is like, and takes her staff. And then she um, turns the Grievel to stone. And then she, like, tells a dad joke and does an evil laugh, yeah. which I, I asked you to pull because I actually yes. thought it was pretty great. There. Now people can take you for granted. <laughs> I told you she was evil. <laughs> His voice is so good. Oh, it's so good. I also love that joke. Take you for granted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also asked you to pull a Golden yes. Girls moment because I realized her Rue's evil laugh is the same hearty laugh that Blanche does when her and Rose are sitting on the couch and she pictures Dorothy naked. Let's play that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, her it's so infectious it's, her laugh. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's so good. So, um so you kind of get a sense of, you know, how evil she is. Yeah. And then we see Rue. She's reading this like old ancient book. Mm -hmm. And remember, she so she is a witch who it, it it was so evil that she she has a curse that was placed on her and she is stuck for like 300 years over the right? grievals. For 300 years and yeah. every 300 years on Halloween night, she has an opportunity to lift the curse. Mm -hmm. So she learns from reading this book that if she can get a good child to do a cruel, despicable, evil deed, that the curse will be lifted. Yeah. So my mind immediately, for some reason, went to asshole children. And I was like, oh, Daisy, she would she's a kid who would do oh. something despicable yeah. or like the two teenage but girls that Rose and Blanche kid. take under their wings. I it, know it has to be a good kid, a good, be a kid. good kid. Yeah. So Rue goes to essentially who's like the Yoda of this world to get advice on how to lift the curse. And again, because this movie is like half, uh, you know, Disney kids movie. He's the great, wise, powerful man. His name is Shtick, and she contacts him through a soda vending machine. Yeah. And so he just kind of he just kind of gives her advice and then kind of lays out like, oh, by the way, if you don't do this, here's what will happen. So yeah. that's what his purpose is. Let's play a little bit of his his moment. In order to be released from your curse, you must get a child to commit a cruel, evil, despicable deed. Burn! Sounds fair. Where do I get a child? Well, we'll have to order out. I could send a grievel to the service world to get you. A grievel? You would place my fate in the hands of an idiot reptile? Hey, that's the deal. Take it or leave it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm getting a call on another dispenser. So wait, wait, wait. I'm not through. Oh, I almost forgot. You must complete this task before midnight tonight. 
lest you be cursed for another 300 years. Wow. Another three, <laughs> another 300 years. You're just gut check reaction. Oh. <laughs> um, so see, so he's, so now we know what the stakes are, right? Yeah. She is cursed. She has to get a child to do a despicable deed by midnight, or she's got 300 more years of this shit playing bingo with the Grievals. Um, <laughs> The guy playing Shtick yeah. reminded me of John Favreau specifically when he played Happy in the Marvel Universe. Uh-huh. For some reason, he had a very John Favreau. Interesting. I did like. Spoke. I mean, in a weird way, this is why it felt like dinosaurs to me. Which I mean, love to dinosaurs. What a great sitcom that was. But um, that it it was for kids, sure. But there was like the little moments that the parents listening half listening you know can be like oh (laughs) you know like you know what I mean like which I always respect that with kids stuff because like and we don't see that a lot so much anymore I mean we kind of did with Shrek but we don't see it a lot anymore which you know I wish we saw more of it yeah I hear you I remember watching it may have been an episode of the Golden Girls I don't remember but I remember watching some sitcom with my parents and an adult made a joke on the sitcom that I didn't understand. And I said, what did that joke mean? And they said, we'll tell you when you're older. (laughs) And I asked my mom like a year ago, I was like, do you remember? She was like, I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. Yeah, of course. Because only, (laughs) only our generation remembers shit like that because the, the, their generation had bills to pay. I was like, you lie. (laughs) And I think it, it had something to do with like a watch that's all I remember. There but, were so um, many jokes when I was a kid. I'd listen. I mean, yes, even on the Golden Girls where I didn't understand something. And it, I just kind of liked being part of it. So I didn't really ever wonder about it or care. Oh, I wondered. I was a very curious kitten. You had you put so, it in your diary, writing it down. Remember to ask mom down. in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Rue holds a game show to yeah. find the least dumbest Grievel who is going to visit Earth Earth's surface, I yeah. guess, and bring back a kid. And that's, I mean, it's its not a dumb way to find the best one, really. I mean, it's... No, she they're all dummies. She's just trying to find the... Least the, dummy. The least dumb yeah. dummy. Yeah. So, because um, I guess she can't go to Earth's surface herself. Um, <sighs> and the winner is a Grievel named Sam. And he's just like a like a... Like a pretty regular guy. Yeah. He's every everybody's a little afraid of Rue and uh-huh. and you know, but he's like, Yeah, okay, I'll do it. He's not thrilled about the mission. Um, but he goes to Earth where he meets a young budding magician named Lewis. How okay, what was the, the Wonder Years kid? What was his name? Fred Savage. Fred Savage, yes. <laughs> who I, Rumors are he's a monster, but whatever. I don't know. Well, I, I, yeah, but, we've read the we've read the article. Yes. So, but so you can Google that yourself if you'd like. However, every kid after Fred Savage in every single late '80s, early '90s sitcom, television, film moment had to have a Fred Savage element to him, and this kid is no different. This kid reminded me of what was there was the Fred Savage movie. I guess it's the the Princess Bride where these you're hearing the story and like from the grandpa and stuff like it, the room, the bedroom, all of it reminded me of a Fred Savage thing. Well, remember too, he also had because again, so this boy Lewis and Sam the Grievel, they sort of become friends, which is a real like E.T. Gooby mm-hmm. Mac and me situation where like a lonely kid is like hiding in otherworldly being. But remember that Fred Savage 
did the movie Little Monsters. That's right. With Howie Mandel. That's right. I forgot. Howie Mandel. It seems like he looks like he's maybe in his 40s, but it seems like he's been around since 1948. I mean, I remember as a child, Howie Mandel did a, a comedy special called Howie Mandel on Ice. Yeah. And I always know the names of the comedy specials from the 80s because I would tape them off of the TV and write the title oh of it on God. the VHS tape. He also had We're that dating cartoon. Ourselves. He had that cartoon, too. And I think yeah, it, Bobby's World. And it came on after Roseanne's World, the little cartoon that Roseanne had for kids. Wait, what? Yeah, Roseanne. No. Th- there, was a, there was a cartoon about like little kid Roseanne and her weird adventures. And it came on, I, I remember watching it, it came on around the same time as Bobby's World. Look that up. It's such a good, like, early 90s moment. That's fucking insane. I'm so curious to see what this is. Yeah. Um. So Sam tricks Lewis into going back to Rue's lair. Yeah. Um. And to put Lewis at ease when he arrives... Rue kind of swaps out her witch look for more of like a Susie homemaker look. Smart. Her, it's very smart. Yeah. Her wig is gone. Yeah. It's Rue's real short hair. She has like the the mom dress, the pearls. Mm-hmm. She looks like Kathleen Turner in Serial Mom, like oh, that yeah. kind of wardrobe. Oh, I love Serial Mom so much. I love that movie so yeah. much. Pussy Willow. We need to go to the Academy <laughs> Museum and see the to see the John Waters exhibit that they have there. I would love that. Yeah. Um, can I tell you very quickly a very fun John Waters story? Please. I I, 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 I I, will say I we correspond regularly, and I've interviewed him a lot. Oh, yeah. well, maybe you already know this about him. He came to my college when I was in college, mm-hmm. and um, he told a story about a game that he used to do with his friends, and it was the opposite of shoplifting. <laughs> and what they would do is they would, like, go through their hampers, whatever, and find like the dirtiest, stinkiest clothes with holes in them. And they would go to like a really nice department store, like a Bergdorf's, whatever, whatever the yeah. version of it was, like in like, you know, Detroit or whatever. Baltimore. And Baltimore, thank you. Yeah. And um, and they would go in and the goal would be to do the opposite of shoplifting. They would try to leave this funky garment on a hanger in the store <laughs> and you had to be able to leave and get out the door before an associate stopped you to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. And that was the game. And I thought that was so funny. I have to say, if you ever get the opportunity to have any sort of correspondence with John Waters and especially by email, cause he does enjoy an email. Um, and you ask him to do something, you ask him of something, you ask him a question. I have gotten more often than not him being like, Oh, thanks so much for reaching out, but I don't, I don't fucking want to. And it's just so it's just so delightful, the the honesty and and you know he's doing it in kind of a funny way, but there's so many times where I ask him for a quote or I ask you know what I mean? Like whatever. And he'll just be so honest. And it's just I love him. He's such a respect. great I had, that there's, would there's a give podcast, me so much social anxiety, but respect. There's a podcast interview I did with him for the parting shot a couple of months ago. You can just Google it, my name and John Waters, and it'll pop up and you can listen to that. It was a good chat. Good. I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah. I'm excited to listen to it because <laughs> I think he's he's just wildly fascinating. Yeah, he is. Um, and oh, read okay, his books so, too. His books are really good. Sorry. Have to say okay. Yes. Noted. Yes. Noted. Um, so, uh, so yes, Rue has turned into Kathleen Turner from Serial Mom. And we have a little snippet of like sweet Rue kind of welcoming Lewis, which feels a little bit more like Blanche. Welcome. Help me out here. Why don't you welcome him a few more times? Why don't you shut up? Hmm. 
Um, tell me, young man, what is your name? Louis. Louis, 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 Louis. Welcome to my subterranean underworld. I am Avarissa. Hi. Welcome to my subterranean underworld. When, when she said... Um, <laughs> Michael and I talk to each other in very weird ways. And uh, this episode is full of lots of other tangents about things. And I'm just recognizing that now. But uh, happy Halloween. Um, but <laughs> Full of surprises. <laughs> full of surprises. But uh, Michael will sometimes just randomly go, how about you shut up? And it's just, <laughs> it's so funny. And when she said that, it reminded me of Michael just... Me being like, you know, hey, you want to go somewhere? And he's like, how about you shut up? Picturing Michael saying that is actually very, very funny to me. Because he does his hands on his hips and he's like, mm. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. I, I may ask Michael to to show me that once we're have, um, done I'll ha- recording. I'll have him come out and do it. Yeah, he'll do it. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, snap, snap. <laughs> um, Stop working. So, come here. <laughs> yes, come here. Um, so now Rue has to get Lewis to somehow perform a despicable deed before midnight. And oh. it's going to be tough because Lewis seems like a sweet boy. We have, I have to, we have to take a break before that because this montage that is, is coming up is one of my favorite moments and is the only thing I actually understood from this, from this program. So, um, but we do need to take a break before we get to that. Cause it's just too good. All right. We'll be right back. Ah, uh, yes. The montage. The montage was so good. Do you want to describe the montage? No, you, you describe it? it because I'll fuck it up. Because I remember, I don't really remember anything from this, even though I watched it twice. But it was so good. So, um, so basically, she kind of has set up this whole, like, carnival-like atmosphere for Lewis. And she tries to get him to toss a greevel into some milk jars. Yeah. You know, like the carnival Just game. to get him to do something evil. Yeah, she's trying to get him to do something evil. And that's evil. Like, like, like flinging it by its tail. Yeah. Like when she like does it, way- it's so yeah. funny. It's yeah, so- it's oh, it's so funny because anytime you see like a puppet go flying, like a lifeless body, it's you so know what funny. it reminded me of when she did it. It reminded me of um, when the Christmas episode, or one of the Christmas episodes of the Golden Girls, where she's being chased by Santa Claus and she's like, Catch me, catch me, catch me. And she's holding, I think, his hat or something. She has something she's in like her arm. whipping it around. Yeah, it reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, she uh, she tries to get him to sell her a used car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh. at a real like a, like a real lemon. Um, uh, and then yeah, it's just other carnival games like the thing where you hit the hammer and yeah. then the th- the the greevil goes the up in the air and, and hits down. the thing. Yeah. I was never good goes at that. I was never good at that. So Lewis Lewis won't commit to you know he won't he doesn't want to commit an evil act. He's saying no to it's all. Too He's good. like no thanks. All he wants to do is perform magic tricks, which I feel like we can all relate to. I mean, I don't know. This kid, this this definitely would be a kid that I would be like, go sit somewhere else. <laughs> like, I, I don't get so, you. But Rue does a very smart thing. She decides because she herself has real magical powers. Because yeah. here's the thing. Lewis loves magic, but he's not very good at magic tricks. He's trying yeah. to do card tricks. He's trying to get like the card to like levitate up through the middle of the deck. It's just not working. He's yeah. trying really hard, but he's just quite can't grasp it. Mm-hmm. So Rue decides she's going to prey on his love for magic by giving him magic powers. Mm. And at first, like they're fun. Like she's like, okay, think of any instrument and you'll be able to magically play it with like, like, like when you do air guitar, right? Yeah. So he does that 
And then it gets a little sinister and she, she hands him her scepter that she, this is what she uses to do her little magic spells. And she says, if you want to possess all the magic of the scepter, point it at Sam the Grievel and say the word stone. Oh, and Lewis is like, Lewis is like, what will happen? Will he turn to stone? And because, you know, he's like befriended, yeah. you know, Sam the Grievel. And in a feature length movie, there we would have seen an evolution of yes. their friendship. They've literally spent two minutes together on screen, but sure. Yeah. Um, and and he's like, will he turn to stone? And she's like, well, yes, but he, he but he they love it. And, and <laughs> Sam's like, no, I don't like it. And then there's like, so Lewis points the scepter at Sam and he's torn and Sam is scared. And like the tension is like comedically drawn out for a very, very long time. And Sam at the last moment is like, ah, like I can't do it. He drops the scepter on the ground and it shatters. Yeah, which really screws over Rue. Yes, screws over Rue's over. (laughs) And she turns back into her witchy self. Yep. She's got the long hair again, the, the dress, and she is pissed Wait, at before Lewis. Wait, before we get to her reaction, I I thought about this while watching it. When you were a kid, what special power did you want to have, if you could have had any? Because I definitely had one that I thought about a lot when I was a kid. Um, hmm. Oh, I, this is so dumb. I guess it's not because I was a kid. Fuck it. Kids think of dumb stuff all the time. I used to have this. It was less about a magical power, but I used to have a fantasy that I had my own like, you know, when you like rent a big bounce house for a kid's birthday, like a castle or something, those bouncy houses. I used to have this fantasy that I had one of those, but it was made out of like watermelon bubblicious. And I would bounce on the inside of it, but I could take a piece off the wall and chew it. And just eat it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a real like Willy Wonka, the snozberries taste like snozberries kind of situation. Yeah. But that is a specific memory I remember having being like, oh, dear God, if I could just have a bounce house made of watermelon bubblicious. <laughs> what about you? I had I feel like I've said this before in the podcast, but I've I had the, the thing that show from the 80s where you could like freeze time. What was that show? You put your fingers together and the girl. Oh, my God. Time. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Uh, yes. Wishing the upon girl. a star or something. A little pyramid. Something um, upon a star. Something like that. That. No, not wish upon a star. No, it, that's right. Well, Her you want to Google it lives... real quick, and then I'll. I'm, I'm googling it. Yeah, because um, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds played the voice of her dad in like an episode or something. Like it was a thing. Anyway, um, so that show that you could freeze, and that's what she would do. She would put her fingers. Oh, out of this world. Out of this world. Thank out you. of this world. And she could. She would put her. Maybe wish upon a star was the theme song. I feel like that's in there. Somewhere. Well, wish upon a star was a movie starring Katherine Heigl. That was oh. a Disney movie. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> it was a Freaky um, Friday movie. Oh. Okay. No. Um. But <laughs> I, she would freeze time by putting her fingers together, and I was obsessed with that idea when I was a kid. Now I recognize now how fucked up this was, and I ha- will admit I was in therapy for most of my childhood for other reasons mainly because of my father's divorces and my bitch stepmom but um i i would put my fingers together and i would i would hope to have the power to freeze time so that i could just see people naked like i could freeze time and just see people naked and that's what i wanted that was literally my 10 year old thought of being like how can i see boys naked (laughs) it was just sort of that's not crazy it was pretty crazy i think i don't think most 12 year olds are imagining that special that superpower they want to fly they want to like 
you know, do other things. I wanted to put oh, my fingers together and see people naked. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like so many boys, they'd be like, I want x-ray vision so I can look under a yeah, shirt. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, that was kind of a cool thing, too, with that one movie with the wrestler. He put on the glasses and he could, like, see through people and see which ones are aliens or something. But um, <laughs> wait, like, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> Go. Just describe that for me one more time. Yeah, there was how, like, how you... there was this movie with this wrestler. Don't ask me the guy's oh, name. Oh no, I I know I know the movie. I, I don't just know. Tell, tell me, tell me, what do you think happens in that movie? Well, I don't know because I I literally only saw this one thing, and then I was like, that's cool, and then I stopped caring about the rest of the premise. But he basically can like put on glasses or something. And this is so straight, so I don't really understand any of it. But he would put on these glasses and he could, like, see which ones were aliens and which one were, like, regular people or something, right? Or not aliens, but, like, murderers, zombies. I don't know what the fuck they were. But he could see that the, he could see the bad people when he put on the glasses. Yes. You, you are describing a movie called They Live. Okay. And, and you are thinking of a, a wrestler named Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. So rowdy, rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Um, he was kind of attractive, if I remember correctly. Yeah, sure. I, I love, there's going to be like a Venn diagram of, of people. Like, like there are going to be some people who are like, what the fuck is HL talking about? I don't know. And then there are other people (laughs) who are going like, is HL talking about they live like that? Like, I don't know. With some little movie. The amount of random extra projects that we've mentioned in this episode with someone out there listening, please make a list of every other thing we've mentioned in this episode because there's so many. We need like one of like a reference book for every reference we've ever made. So many. Um, Okay, so let us play the moment where Rue is pissed at Lewis. Stupid little fool, look what you did. I can't get replacement parts for that. I know this might be a bad time, Your Grace, but time's up. Little brat, you've renewed my lease for another 300 years. Sorry. Sorry? You're sorry? You gotta be a lot sorrier when you find out you're stuck here, too. What do you mean? I'm saying there's no way out of here. No buses, no trains, no nothing. But I want to go home. I have to go home. Out of my way, you freaks. I got to go find some glue. Okay, two things from that. Her Mm -hmm. voice, her voice work in that was phenomenal. And one of the things that I kept hearing in my head when she first started doing this bit and when I took this clip was her being like, I'd rather you shot Lester. Um, mm-hmm. So there was that. Well, yeah, because she's put she's stressed about something that's exactly. broken. But then, but then towards like the end of the clip when she was like, "You're sorry, you're sorry," it reminded me of not Betty Davis in whatever happened to Baby Jane, but our VIP guest Alaska Thunderfuck playing Betty Davis on RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars in that iconic scene between her and um, and Alyssa Edwards, where they reenacted that scene from. Whatever happened to Baby Jane, where she was like, "You're sorry, Blanche. You're sorry," <laughs> and it just it sounded exactly like 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 Rue here. That's what I ever thought of. That's fun. Yeah. I'm. I know you're gonna. You yeah. I've never seen whatever happened to Baby Jane. So. That's shocking to me. That's I know. Shocking. There are just some things that, that is not you just and I, some I, I haven't seen Terms of Endearment. That one I, I understand oddly enough because it is niche. But whatever happened to Baby Jane is canon. If you have more than two homosexuals in your life, you have to watch it. Okay. I'll, I'm right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> Do you know that movie? Yes, I know that movie, too. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, it, wait. Okay, don't tell wait mom the babysitter's okay. dad, guys, if, you, if you're looking for that. If you were lost on that reference, because I know some people are probably like, where's it from? 
Yeah. They were like, is that a line of the golden girls that we didn't know about? Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that Avarissa Rue like doesn't give a shit that this kid's just going to be stuck here forever. Yeah. Like he breaks it and she's like, you little idiot. Like, get out of my way. I just, I love it. She has, she's so selfish. She has no regard for anybody else. I, I just absolutely love it. Um, I also want to point something out about Lewis. Mm-hmm. I think that if Lewis had turned Sam into stone, I actually don't think the curse would have been lifted. Oh. Because I don't actually think that Lewis was a good kid. Oh. And how so? here's why. Okay. So <clears throat> Lewis wanted to be good at, at magic. But instead of honing his craft and practicing and getting really good at it and like respecting the magicians that came before him, he just wanted to cheat and have a scepter and mm. have have the ability to perform magic given to him. Yeah, I will say that. That makes him a bad boy. Early on in this experience watching this, again, I barely followed most of it, but when I saw him agree to go down to this you know, lair or whatever it is that she's in, I was like, a good kid wouldn't do that. A good kid would not agree to go anywhere without telling his parents. Like, he's actually not a good kid. He's masking. He's doing what a lot of those asshole good kids do, where they pretend to be all goody two-shoes to get ahead in life, but in reality, they're all freaky on the side. So I think I think he's freaky on the side. I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself here, because on the one hand, I'm going to say that the 80s was the height of stranger danger. That's true. And yes, he he would have watched a TV special, a PSA, a very special episode, gym class. They would have had a talk. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, Sam is cute and small and like a little animal and a cool, a cool friend. <laughs> like how many times do you wish you're like, glowworm or whatever mm-hmm. stuffed animal you had growing up that it would come to life and talk to you and be like, Hey, do you want to go someplace cool? Yeah. That's scary. Actually. That's, that's the making of a horror film. Yeah. Go. You, hey, Carrie, Hey, Carrie says my, you know, Elliot, the dragon from Pete's dragon stuffed animal. Do you want to go into this closet where there's a secret portal in a land where you can jump in a, a bubblicious watermelon house? Mm. I would have been like, let's go. I always wanted to get kidnapped, though, when I was a kid because I what? remember. What? No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll say it. I When I was a kid, I, again, it was all vanity. Well, I mean, if I guess if you wanted to leave a bad c- scenario, then you probably no, wanted. No, it wasn't that. Okay. It wasn't that. No. I um, I always I like I would watch these like after school specials about whatever, you know. And I would always be like, but no, I mean, I would, A, be able to talk my way out of anything. This is the stupid kid in me. I'd be able to talk my way out of anything because I'm just, I have such a colorful personality. And then probably the kidnapper would get annoyed with me and then I'd get away and then I'd get on TV and do an interview and get my own TV movie and become famous. And um, that literally, every logic that I had as a child ended with me doing an interview and then getting a TV movie and becoming famous. Every everything can be tracked to that logic. So put me in any situation and it always ended with me. Well, that's your bunk bed story. It's everything. You getting an interview and becoming famous. It's everything. It's everything I did as a child was in an effort to get an interview to, in order to get a TV movie in order to get famous. Well, bad boys, good boys, bad girls, good girls 
doesn't matter because Lewis ends up getting back home to Ohio because Sam had a rock from an earlier that had a wish equipped to it. And he was just like, it was supposed to be if he got into trouble uh, when he was like up in Ohio. Um, and he's like, I wish you could get home. And then, you know, Lewis just gets home. Yeah. Um, and Rue is now stuck with the Grievals for another, for another 300, 300 years. years. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like them playing bingo again and she's depressed and she absolutely deserves it because she had, I mean, the thing that was so great about this, there were no arcs, no yeah, characters no. learned anything. None. Like, I guess maybe Lewis is like not going to go with strangers not anywhere even. again. But I mean, yeah, there were no arcs. It was just Halloween was town. It is not. However, it was an enjoyable children's Halloween moment. And it is perhaps the only Halloween Golden Girls adjacent thing that we got that's actually literally Halloween specific. So yeah, we have to appreciate it as GG canon in a way. It's a part of our it's a part of the canon of the girls. Yes, I would I would definitely recommend watching this. Yes, I, I, I had a lot of fun. And yeah, if you wish that there was a Golden Girls Halloween episode, as of now, from what we've seen, this is probably the closest you're gonna get. Yeah, but let us know, obviously, if we're missing anything from many other many other things, because we're not experts on Hot in Cleveland, although we will be doing more Hot in Cleveland, I'm sure. Yes. Should we take a break and come back with our golden takeaway? Yes, please. Okay. And we are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your spooky, spooky golden takeaway? I feel like we need more made-for-TV Halloween movies. Ooh, I, I want to see... I agree. Like, the 80s was the time of all the specials. The Pee Wee yeah. Christmas special. The yes. Garfield Halloween special. I miss those. Mm -hmm. I want one, but, like, don't give me anything new. I don't want to see anything contemporary. Like, give me DuckTales Halloween special. <laughs> yes. Bring them yes. out of the vault yep. for a Halloween special. Give me a new Garfield and Normal special. Mm -hmm. Like, I want these things. Charlie Brown it the fuck up. Yeah, that's what I want I for myself for Halloween. I want something new that's nostalgic and feels that way. You know way. what kind of scratched that itch a little bit? Not quite, but a little bit. A couple years ago on Disney Plus, they did a Muppets Haunted Mansion sort of like thing. And it was sort of like a Halloween special in that like the Muppets do Haunted Mansion, which... It wasn't exactly what I know exactly what you're saying, and it wasn't that, but it had that element for the streaming era, which I appreciated. So there's that. My All golden, right, thank you. My golden takeaway from this episode is it's really more of a call to action. I now I've dressed up for Halloween before. I've never dressed up as one of the girls um, for Halloween before because it just I don't do that well. But you have. Well, I don't know if you've done it for Halloween. Have you? I did it at Comic-Con. I dressed Comic -Con. up as B. Arthur at San Diego Comic-Con, and I was sticking out like a sore thumb. <laughs> like we usually do um, in most situations, in places we go. Anyway, I want all of you, if you have dressed up as a Golden Girl or any sort of like Golden Girl Halloween-themed thing, we both want to see your pictures. So please, yes. over from the when this episode drops, which is like, you know, immediate because we're recording it and then we're dropping it. So between now and Halloween, 
Tag us in all of your Halloween Golden Girls costume situations. We'll share them on our Insta and on our Twitter and all of those things. And, uh, and yeah, I just want to see them all because I feel like I'm not, my Halloween is going to be very low key because I will be in St. Louis with my nieces and my nephew and I'll see them and do their Halloween thing. And we're bringing back lots of Halloween stuff and all of that. So like, I won't have, I want to see golden girls Halloween stuff is what I'm asking for. So please tag us on Instagram. We want to see all of those things. That's my golden takeaway. I think that's a great golden takeaway. I think that's a great call to action. I'm so excited to see people's costumes. And uh, guys, that concludes this month's golden spooky October experience. Oh, we, we should hope tease you next week. Enjoyed it. Oh, yes. So next week, I know we already teased it a little bit last week. Uh, next week's episode is going to blow your mind. Blow your mind. It is just, it's just the person, they have a collection of GG stuff and it's just gonna, you're gonna die. You're gonna die, but not in like a literal way, not like a Frida Claxton way. No, not in a Frida Claxton. More in like a like a like, <gasps> oh, like we're a going Trudy. to see Mr. Burt Reynolds at oh, the dinner theater. Yes. Oh, I've died. Yes. Like that kind of. That kind I've of died. Way. No, yeah, totally. And make sure you eat like a Danish while you're listening to the episode, just so we can have a you know, if you do die, at least you have Danish. At least you have the Danish to get the Danish. Oh my God, Frida <laughs> Claxton. So oh. yes, we're so excited for next week's episode. We hope you will all check it out. Please. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Yeah, and guys, remember we're part of Mom Milglas of Media. So please, please go follow them and subscribe to Mom Plus. And you can follow us on social media and tag us in those wonderful Golden Girls Halloween costume pictures on Twitter or X at Golden Girls Pod, Instagram at I Official, Facebook Golden Girls Pod, and I am Sadie Pine slash H. Alan Scott on everything. And I am Squidzy on Twitter. I mean, Instagram. And it's mostly just photos of my little kid, little Oreo. I'm Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. Refuse to call it X. Um, <laughs> and if you have a moment, if you love this podcast, please tell your friends and family about it. Rate and review us wherever you get the podcast. More people will discover it. More people will join our lovely community of Golden Girls fans. Yes. And as always, remember. Stay golden! <laughs> Happy Halloween! Out on the Lanai is not endorsed by Wit Thomas Harris Productions, Touchstone Television, Disney, or any of its subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips of the Golden Girls are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. 